Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? Hello? I've got it, Eugenia. We're now developing a master plan that encompasses the theme park and all the facilities around it that will serve the tourists. Hotels, motels, and a variety of recreation activities. This is Animal Kingdom Control. We read you loud and clear. Please proceed with broadcast. My friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your passport to the Disney parks, experiences, movies, and more. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 767. And since 2004, when I wrote my first Disney trivia book, I want to help you have not only the best possible vacation experience when you go to the parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are here on the podcast, my weekly live video every Wednesday night on Facebook, blog, events, weekly newsletter, and more. Please join the community and find everything at www.radio.com. I'm very excited about this week's show because I want to invite you to sit down with me and Imagineer Lanny Smoot, a visionary who has literally helped revolutionize the Disney parks and cruise line with his groundbreaking technologies and inventions. So join me as we delve into stories behind and from the creative genius whose one little spark of inspiration led him to holding more than 100 patents that have transformed the way we experience the magic of the Disney parks. From the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser lightsaber to the Haunted Mansion and his latest creation, which is set to profoundly transform industries even beyond Disney, the omnidirectional floor. Then see if you can answer our Disney trivia question of the week and enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And stay tuned for more information and updates at the end of the show. And if you like what you hear, and I hope that you do, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. In the nearly 20 years of WW Radio, I have been fortunate to share with you the stories of some of the dreamers and doers that make the Disney magic we love and appreciate. And for me, some of the most fascinating conversations have been with Walt Disney Imagineers who take us on these extraordinary journeys of imagination and innovation. And this week, I want to introduce you to someone who, like those that have both preceded and surrounded him, is not just an Imagineer by title, but is a true mastermind in the in the realm of themed entertainment. He is not just a Disney research fellow, but he is also a trailblazer that has earned recognition held by no one else in the company, save for one, and whose remarkable contributions have helped shape the experiences both in the Disney parks and at Disney Cruise Line. I am incredibly excited and honored to welcome and introduce a truly multifaceted a genius whose career is a tapestry of innovation and creativity. He is Disney Imagineer Lanny Smoot. Lanny, thank you so much for joining me today. Ooh, I, you know, after that introduction. 
can I say? I, I should just leave now I'm at, while I'm, you know, uh, well-respected before I say anything. But thank you for that kind introduction, sir. Uh, you, you are very welcome, and it is very well-deserved. And I tried to sort of uh, gently dance around some of the many uh, accolades that you deservedly have received. But I want to, before we get into to all the things that you've done and the achievements and interventions and, and accomplishments, I want to go back to where, where it all began. I am a, a sucker for a good origin story. And for you, like how yours began in Brooklyn, where my parents are from, uh, I want to hear the story about your dad and the bell and how that got oh, you yeah. to Brooklyn Tech, where my dad yeah. also went, and then to Bell Labs, where my dad also worked. Are you sure I'm not your dad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. No, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, um, I grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Uh, my family was poor. Um, my dad, though, was a very clever guy and was an itinerant inventor, a person who never got paid for patents or didn't have patents. But he, he would make gadgets for around the house and was always made some of my toys when I was a kid. But one of the things that got me into this field was at about five years old, one of my earliest remembrances of something critical in my life my dad brings home a battery, a bell, some wire, little lamp, and he got the bell to ring and he lit the lamp and my entire career was lit. From then on, I was interested and fascinated by electricity, by electronics, by anything that was a physical electrical thing. And I just loved it. I had a brief dalliance with uh, chemistry, found it too messy, chemicals, no. Didn't want, to, didn't want to do that. So, so uh, that followed me through my elementary school time. I was always doing science fairs and anything I could do to, they sometimes say, you know, creative people were electrically in, interested, will take things apart to see how they work. I didn't do that. I figured out how they work. Then I took them apart, took the parts out to make something new. Okay. So I just didn't believe in, oh, well, let's just try stuff. I was more focused than that. So um, did all of that through elementary school. I went to a local junior high school again in Brownsville. Um, I didn't have um, role models specifically when I was a kid because I never saw a black engineer until I pretty much was one. So mm. my early sort of interests were Star Trek, which um, relates to something that I'm doing right now. And um, Mission Impossible with the Barney Collier character was always the electrical engineer, but never pointed out in the shows. Um, who was a black engineer and a black actor playing uh, play played him. Um, and so, okay, I was in junior high. I was still I excelled as a student. I built many gadgets and that sort of thing, and it came to a decision as to where to go to high school. And um, I went to the, the guidance counselors, said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go to George Westinghouse High School. He says, OK, I, you're not going to go to George Westinghouse. I said, why? And what the why for me is this is my little mind at the time, because Westinghouse was making refrigerators and I thought it was a really technical. <laughs> he said, no, 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 it's not a it's not a bad school. You come out of there and you may become an electrician. Right. You go to Brooklyn Tech, you'll come out, get ready to go to college and become an electrical engineer. It's one of the best pieces of advice I'd ever gotten, right? So uh, as you may know, Brooklyn Tech is a test school. You have to take an exam and you're competing with everyone else in New York City. 
um, who wants to get into a technical school. Their other two schools are Brooklyn um, Stuyvesant and uh, Bronx High School of Science. They compete for the best students that they can find in New York. And uh, I went to, I was accepted into Brooklyn Tech, excelled there, did real well. And by my junior year, even though my parents had only had a high school education, they couldn't really guide me through the college application thing. I realized I probably ought to go to college. I, I that, that seems like a good idea, right? And I applied to Columbia University. I cl- applied to, to MIT, to Rensselaer Polytech. I got into all of them, right? And I had one small like item that I had sort of not taken into account, which is I couldn't pay for any of them. So it's like, uh-oh, this is bad. And uh, in my junior year, I was sitting in class at Brooklyn Tech, and over the speaker system comes a voice who's, that says, Lanny Smoot, come to the principal's office immediately. Get get down. I'm trying to figure out what have I done wrong? What, okay. <laughs> Go down to the principal's office, and the principal is sitting at his, Isidore Auerbach is sitting at his desk, big desk. And, and when you're a kid in high school, you tend to think the principal is the most powerful person in the world. Yeah. There's an African-American guy pointing down at him at, this, at his desk and sort of bawling him out, right? He, I walk into the room, he starts bawling me out. He says, where have you been? We have come out to recruit at this school three times. You haven't shown up once, not one time. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) this is horrible. And I I was like, oh, okay, what should I, what what did I do? He says, listen, I'm from Bell Laboratories, right? And Bell Labs at that time was the, the nation's preeminent research organization, the inventor of the transistor, the, um, laser, and understanding of the Big Bang. So this is pretty good, pretty, pretty good facility. And he says, I may be in a position to offer you a scholarship to Columbia University. We'll pay room and board and the and everything. And okay. I was like, uh coming from Brooklyn and from Brownsville, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. <laughs> what do I have to do? <laughs> what do I have to do to, to, to get this? He says, Well, we'll we're still looking at you. I want to talk to you right now. And you know, the principal kind of got up, got out of the way. Oh, my God. Right. And he grilled me for a little while and I left. Right. About three, four weeks later, I get a call at my then girlfriend's house. Like, wait, how? this is this is in the era before they had cell phones. OK, so how did he even find me? And he says, Lanny, I'm proud to offer you a full scholarship to Columbia University oh. room and board. Uh, you'll have a summer job at Bell Labs throughout your your uh, tenure going through Columbia. Are you kidding me? Right. And so went to Bell Labs. I invented some of this, the earliest fiber optic transmission systems that were used in what's called the loop plant. That's the part that's closest to, to the uh, people who use the telephone and uh, designed circuitry that um, actually had uh, helped coin telephones to be um, multiplexed onto more uh, to less pairs of wires. You know how useful coin telephone is. is <laughs> but, but those were the days. And um, at the breakup of the Bell system, I moved to Bell Communications Research, which was just the follow-on company of Bell Labs. It's Bell Labs with a different name. 
And there I kind of took off because I designed some of the early systems for video on demand. So right now, when we look at streaming TV and we can rewind and fast walk forward, that kind of stuff happened in my lab 40 years ago, 35 years ago, whatever it is. And um, also large screen teleconferencing. Right now we walk into a conference room, we see big screens with people on them and we think take it as sort of normal. I did some of the very first systems that support those, what we would call end users, and also the large screen that allows you to have a full knowledge of the, you know, how people really look. Right. I also invented a thing called the electronic panning camera. And that's what got me to Disney. What the heck is that? My early dream was that if you're sitting at home watching television, why don't you have a joystick or a remote control that allows you to look anywhere you want? I don't want to just look at the news desk. I want to see who's over on the side. If I'm watching sports, I want to see who's playing and I want to zoom in on that. I demonstrated it at the uh, National Association of Broadcasters conference out in Las Vegas, had the camera in my lab, and I had three monitors set up so I could move the picture on the screen. I put touch screens on each of these things so I could look where I wanted. And a fellow walks up to me and he says, hey, this technology is amazing. I, this is so good. We'd like to rent this from you guys. I said, well, we're kind of like the telephone company. We don't rent that's not our thing. <laughs> oh, but it could be a service for, for, for our company. I said, well, what, what's your application, sir? What do you, what do you plan to do with it? He says, oh, we're going to have a pit with animals down in it, and we're going to put the camera down in there and look at them. I said, what, wait, what company? That seems cruel. What company are you from? <laughs> I'm from the Walt Disney Company. Oh. <laughs> what? I thought you were. <laughs> I've always admired it. It's a beautiful company. Why would you put animals in a pit and look at them? Later on, I found out that that's sort of the code that I have to use sometimes to explain to people I want a thing, but I don't want to give away what we were doing. And this was actually for Animal Kingdom, where we have animals running around in Savannah, and he wanted to put cameras out there so that people in safety inside buildings could look at the animals. Okay. So we did do a deal. Uh, Disney took the camera and... I found out a little later that they liked the invention, but they liked the inventor even more. So a little while later, I was offered a job at a, to head the East Hampton R&D facility for, Bell, for, for, for Disney. <laughs> and um, I moved to Long Island. I headed that firm and we came at that um, part of Disney. And I developed interactive games. Uh, some of them became like... Um, of later on, where's the fire? Interactive mm-hmm. floors um, for um, uh, oh my god, I'm just blanking on it now. Crabcott, <laughs> the um, Power uh, City, the Power City. Thank you. <laughs> See, you know more about <laughs> than I do, right? So, Power City and all of those, we designed those things out at East Hampton. A little while later, um, I was asked to move to Florida along with my organization. And um, to me, for me, it was great because I never I, I liked New York. I still consider myself a native New Yorker in some ways. I didn't like the weather. I didn't like snow, sleet, rain, <laughs> driving in rain, snow. So I'm, I've been happily moved to California and I've been out here for, oh, 
almost 20, almost 25 years, 23 years, 20 some years. I just celebrated my last 25th, my 25th year anniversary. And I have been working on things like lightsabers. Um, one of the favorites are the the extendable lightsaber that you may have seen, <laughs> the lightsaber experience at Star Cruiser, which is a completely different thing using a different saber and, a, and uh, interactive technologies that I developed so that we can teach our guests how to fight off uh, lightsaber blast as, as Luke Skywalker <laughs> did in the, in the movies. I've uh, taught Madame Leota in the Haunted Mansion how to fly. She was the disembodied head in a sphere that used to sit on the seance table the where the ride vehicle goes around. She's talking about, you know, demons and goblins. And, you know, the thought we I had built something else, which was not Madame Leota, to be honest, but it gave me the idea that I could actually levitate Madame Leota and have her float around. And we did that. And uh, changed the Haunted Mansion portraits from rooms full of equipment that slowly morphed the uh, pictures from the good version to evil. Mine are instantaneous with a lightning flash and um, uh, quite a bit of reduction of equipment. I will say that. And more recently, I'm going to fast forward to what am I doing now, which is, I think, always what I'm ha whatever I'm doing now is always the most fun. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I've uh, invented a thing called the hollow tile floor. Some of you may have seen it. I think it might be the solution to VR walking. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go off brand for a second here. Um, as I said, when I was a kid, I watched Star Trek. They had a thing called a holodeck. And in a holodeck, you can walk in all directions. And, you know, maybe they could have been wearing VR glasses. But how in a 24 foot by 24 foot room are you have the crew is in exploring features, you know, water uh, things over here. The others are going up on mountains. And what how can they possibly all be in that room walking in any direction that they might want to? never bumping into each other, never, never bunch bumping into the walls. And I said, there's got to be a way to do it. And that research started a while back. And we finally have a system that allows us to do just that. And we call it, again, the hollow tile floor. It, it, so, Lanny, as you're going through, I sure, I'm sure that anyone listening, as you're mentioning these things, we're sort of instantly able to visualize these effects and i'm not sure if you saw this incredible smile that was on my face as you were talking about some of these effects that you know we as fans we don't want to know how it's we don't know we don't want to know how the sausage is made we want it we just love right. and i'm not gonna fascinated. tell you. right <laughs> okay it's a birth it's a match made in heaven there. yeah but when you see that lightsaber i was fortunate to be able to to you know Take a, take a voyage on the Star Cruiser. When you see that lightsaber, when you hold one in your hand, all of these things that we imagined as a kid, I'm also a Star Trek fan. And when are we, we're sort of, you're helping to sort of not just fulfill these childhood dreams, but get us closer to technology that we used to sort of, as kids watching Star Trek in the 60s and 70s, could only imagine. And now as we hold tricorders in our hands and things like that, we are approaching to it. You also didn't mention, and I have to call it out because it's one of my favorite aspects in any Disney park, the Fortress Explorations uh, in, in Tokyo Disney Sea, I mm -hmm. think is an absolutely remarkable and sort of leading into sort of the, or, or the, the future, a, a, it is not a passive experience, but really more of an interactive and almost 
you know, as time is going to go on, I almost imagine it becoming a more personalized experience for the guests as well. You know, I have been spoke, speaking to a few people recently, and one of the things I always bring up is the parts will learn more about what makes you happy. Uh, when we go into the parts, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we're, we're happy to be there with, with other people and we're doing the same thing. And that's that's wonderful. But soon, you know, the parks will say, hey, I know that Lou enjoys this aspect of a thing and Lanny enjoys this aspect of a thing. And I'm going to make that better for them. I'm going to make that more fun. Um, and also, you know, there are more interactive things where my being here means something. It's not just that I'm another guest. I'm, I'm competing or I'm making a thing go or I'm walking forever in virtual reality. And all of those things that are more personalized, I think, is 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 a wave of the future. Well, and I think one of the things that's unique about being able to have this conversation with you is oftentimes we will talk to some of the many different aspects of Imagineering, right? There's a hundred plus sort of disciplines within Imagineering. And we talk about and and ask them about how evolving technology is going to affect their creativity, their their storytelling solutions. But you are the person that is pushing those boundaries. You are creating those technologies. So it's not about figuring out how to use emerging technology into the storytelling. You're saying, what can I do, I guess, to advance the storytelling by creating these new technologies. Talk a little bit about that mindset and that perspective and almost sort of a, quote unquote, what's a, a day in the life of, of Lanny look like? Well, you know what? I've always been interested in multiple projects at the same time. At the same time that I'm working on a hollow tile floor, I might be working on a lightsaber. If I'm working on a lightsaber, I might be working on some sort of interactive shooting beams or, or whatever. Um, so, and I find that by doing that, if I run into um, a problem in one area, I stop for a little while, I think about that, and I sometimes find that the thing that's wrong with the, the first thing is the fix for the <laughs> second thing, and the second thing is going to help the third thing be better. It's, uh, so I'm, I'm constantly, people say, you know, you, you are working on just a lot of projects. They notice that, that about me. And it's it's because it's easy for me to slide between them and see the similarities between them. And a question that you haven't asked, Lou, and I know that it's going to come up is, <laughs> hey, you guys in R&D, do you just come up with stuff and the rest of the company uses it if they like it? Or does the rest of the company come to you and say, hey, we need this? And you know what I always say? Yes. Oh. it is it is it is the question most asked and i love this place because i can wake up in the morning and say hey i've got a great idea that might work on a theme park right a little later in the day i'd say oh we it'd be better on a cruise ship we could do it on a cruise ship would allow you to do this oh wait a minute i wonder if my colleagues over in the movie business can use this um and so to me, this is is conti- continuous opportunities, right? But to go back as to whether we're asked to do something or whether we volunteer to do or come up, it is both. Um, occasionally, I'll come up with something that is just a cool thing, just just cool to look at, or it'll do something that you just say, "Wow, that's crazy." Now, I'm very good at the engineering part of this, and I'm humble about that. 
but I'm not good at making things look good. Okay. <laughs> or or the, the art sort of side of things, right? And I, I say, why do I have to be good at that? I don't. I can I have within fifty feet of my place where I'm sitting right now, I have some of the best architects, some of the best artists, some of the best in in the world. So often having a teamwork sort of thing, I say, I've got this great gadget. This is mm-hmm. wonderful. And one of my creative people will come <laughs> over and go look look at it like, hmm. Yes, it is amazing, but it just doesn't look, you know, what are you trying to say? Well, can I have it for a while? And it'll become something that's amazing, beautiful, you know, and I don't have to worry about those things. And I always tell young kids, by the way, collaborating with other people who are better than you in areas. You can be very good at something and you probably should be some <laughs> good at something, hopefully. But You don't have to be the best in the world at everything, because when you work in groups, as we do here at Imagineering and in R&D, people work to their strengths and don't have to worry about weaknesses because there will always be someone that's strong in that area that can help you out with it. Um, I don't know where I was going with that long story. Well, right. You you have this this atmosphere of collaboration where others can sort of help maybe embed the narrative into the physical spaces and experiences that you are creating. Uh, Lonnie, Atlanta, I, I want to be respectful of your time, because, but I have a billion yeah. questions just about imagining that Go I wish it. I could get to. But it. it, it's right, really Lightning round. <laughs> all right. It's really important that, that we talk about some of the awards and, and recognitions that you've received sure. over the years. Uh, you're, you're a themed entertainment association master, which is the highest uh, technical honor in that company. And this year, you were inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. You were the very first Walt Disney Imagineer to receive such a prestigious recognition. Obviously, only Walt Disney himself uh, has been the only other sort of Disney recipient of that award. Just briefly talk about the the gravity and the weight and some of the responsibility, I think, that comes with that honor. The TEA Masters uh, is literally a measure of mastery in a field for me it's it's uh, special effects technologies and the things the things that i do and the responsibility there is the organization and by the way i became the chair of the tea masters i'm the past chair um now a, a woman named Tr- tracy eck who is my uh, vice chairman always takes the chair's uh, position and i move on but I strived to make sure that we got out to young kids who are interested in the themed entertainment world, which encompasses everything from technology to theater to, you know, ride design and all of those things. And we are very active. In fact, I am still active and about to go to a university to to um, inspire people who are coming up through the undergraduate uh, years to get into these fields, which are sometimes not well-defined. How do you, how do you get into themed entertainment? That's mm-hmm. usually not on the curriculum for elementary schools or junior high schools. It requires someone to have some interest in the types of fields with some multiple skills, not only the technology, but the theatrical capabilities, et cetera. Okay. For the National Inventors Hall of Fame, this is like the Oscars here f- for inventors. This is, this is, um, a national organization that is partially uh, the U.S. Patent and Trademark o- uh, Office and a semi-governmental organization, which is the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Their goal is to reach young engineers 
giving them examples and role models across all fields um, to to be an inventor, to be creative. So it's a responsibility. It's a wonderful award. Woo-hoo. The responsibility is we have to keep our kids moving in after us and, and doing the things that we did and doing better than what we did. And so both the TEA, the Themed Entertainment Association, and the National Inventors Hall of Fame have similar goals. And I'm so proud to be be uh, with them. And um, the comp- uh, B- uh, Disney was very generous and very kind to celebrate my induction into the National Inventors Hall of Fame and brought some of the inventors who are in that organization to Disney. And one of them, Lonnie Johnson, is a physicist, a scientist. He's got more patents than me, so I'm going to try to bump him <laughs> off and get rid of that competition. But also he had one invention that kind of stood out, which is the super soaker. And I was like, really? <laughs> the guy is making things he's quite well off due to just that one invention. So I said, okay, super soaker, pretty good. But he's also. Yeah, but you invented the lightsaber, Lenny. So you know he might have yeah, the super I, soaker. I, I can, I can <laughs> the water stream off like that, right? With my lightsaber. I know, I know. But it's funny. We, I had wanted to reach him. A little personal story. I'd wanted to reach him, and you know, I didn't know him, and um, uh, tried to find his phone number, as many people might, and I, it, I sort of failed, and I gave up for it. And then we wound up sitting next to each other on the dais for that <laughs> night. It was my super honor. Another uh, fellow I always talk up is Jim West, who's in. So, so Lonnie is an inductee into the National Inventors Hall of Fame, I think, with 140 patents. I was like, oh, man, I got oh. to compete with this guy. Jim West, who is the inventor of the uh, Electret uh, microphone. You probably aren't using one right there. I always point to the thing there. But <laughs> my lap, my laptop, every laptop, every cell phone has an electret microphone in it. Any small microphone is one. The reason I say yours isn't, yours is a is a little different, di- different stature in the microphone world there. But um, so it's, it, it, to be amongst these greats, these people who ha- I have admired over the years, um, it's, it's, it's humbling, it's exciting. And I'll tell you something, Lou, I did not know that when I was alerted that I was uh, being inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame, I thought I was the first person at the Walt Disney Company to ever get it. And someone in media said, oh, no, uh, you're the second person. And, you know, I have an ego. I I split the little (laughs) bit. I said, oh, now who could it be? But I said, okay, I've got to celebrate whoever it is. They said the first person was Walter Elias Disney. What? (laughs) <laughs> lump in the throat, you know, excitement, yeah. also feeling of responsibility, right? And um, it's, it, it isn't bad. Let's put it that way. So I, I want to very quickly just, just touch on something that you talked about before. You know, mm-hmm. you, you are so humble and gracious and you, and you thank your dad for his support and encouragement and helping you not just recognize, but continue to pursue this passion that you have for invention and technology. And, and you know, whether you realize it or not, you are also not just an inspiration for other people, but I think to a role model for young students and inventors, maybe even more so from those from 
underrepresented backgrounds in science and technology. Well, that, and, like, yeah. I, 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 it, that's a weight on me, and I love it. I love to bear it because, again, Brownsville, Brooklyn, even now is sort of a tough neighborhood. It's mostly African-American. People look like me. And everyone there has potential to do great things. And the shame of the world in many cases is that they may never see the thing that they would have been. Mm -hmm. And to the extent that I can share the fact that, yeah, I didn't have mentors and my dad and mom weren't professors at some university. These are people who did who had high school diplomas and worked hard all of their lives just to make ends meet. And so if I can do it, all of those other kids can do that. So I try to make sure that that message does get, get across. And the same thing in some sense for women who have been overlooked mm-hmm. in many cases and they're making steps. Um, you know, our company is doing well in terms of trying to get more people into these fields. So that warms my heart. And that's, I think, the importance of a National Inventors Hall of Fame thing or a patent record or whatever it might be. Well, that's one of the things that I loved, not just about seeing your story, but seeing the video of Josh coming sort of into your mad scientist (laughs) workshop and letting us see, because I think that does open up for so many more people, the introduction to you and the accessibility to you. And while, you know, every child that is not going to get a chance to see you and talk to you, it, it serves as a bit of inspiration. So I would be remiss if I didn't say, if that little boy, right? If that little 2024 little boy was able to walk up to Lanny Smoot and say, I love, you know, dumpster diving and taking things apart and and putting things back together again. You know, how do I do what you do? What's that bit of advice that you would give me and leave with that, that young boy, that young girl that wants to grow up and sort of emulate sort of the, a similar path to yours? I have a very easy answer. Keep doing what you love to do. Don't let anyone stop you. Right. You know, you, when I was a kid, oh, you're the one that's always making stuff. Let's go out and do this. And I, no, I am loving what I'm doing and I'm really happy doing it. Right. Because the way we get to be good about things, I'm pretty good. I'll say I'll, now there's my unhumble self. I'm pretty good at what I do. <laughs> the reason I'm pretty good at what I do is I did a lot of it. I love to do it and I'm continuing as long as I have fun. And you can't pay people necessarily. It's helpful, but you can't pay people to love, to love something. And I, I, I feel sorry for the people who go to work and I say, do, do you love what you do? No, mm-hmm. I just do it because I'm paid. I do the things I do. Don't tell our company, but I would do it if I wasn't here <laughs> uh, because I love to do it. And kids, if they're encouraged, let them go. If for the parents, I tell them, Take your kids to places they never would have seen in their normal life. Get them, get them to a museum. Drag them to different places that you might not even like because you never know what's going to kindle a love. And once it sets in, I can tell you it's for life. You're going to want to do it. You got to do a lot of it to become good. And you have done more than just become good. You talk about other inventors with 100 plus patents. You are in that 100 plus patent club. Again, Lenny, I don't want to sort of ask the the question that is is unfair, right? The favorite child question. But I know someone listening is screaming because they're curious of all the things that you've built, right? That you put together with your two hands, which I love and I'm fascinated by. There has to be one, not from the, this was my job, 
but just from a personal perspective that make you that still makes you say, wow, that as you start to think about your legacy going forward, this is the one. This is the thing that, you know, at least right now. I got to tell you, I think it's going to be the hollow tile floor. Why? I don't think we've I've ever made something that has so many uses. Right. Lightsaber. Very good. Mm-hmm. It's a lightsaber. Right? That's what it does. OK. This thing can be the stage floor of a theater. This mm-hmm. can be the answer to virtual reality. This can be um, the thing that because someone said, can it be used for exercise? Sure. OK. <laughs> yeah, we can make it a treadmill. It's, a, it's an omnidirectional treadmill. You can run on it. There are just so many things that we're even learning now ourselves that it can do. And there's so much interest in it. Um, I think it's going to be my legacy project. But but then again, I am also working on something that's coming after it that has nothing to do with it. (laughs) And I may fall in love with that. I think I'm always most interested. Maybe this is just the the, key to success. Whatever you're doing, make sure that you really, really like it. Oh, and um, <laughs> Q came in. Um, I also designed the, the water harps at, at the Journey of Water uh, that's oh, inspired wow. by Moana. And so when you play water strings to make music, come on, pretty fun, right? And I designed those. I that's love that. A, I love that there's a little bit of, of Lanny everywhere we go. There's um, a little bit of, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty proud of that, sure. You mentioned the word legacy, Lanny. How how do you want to be remembered? How do you want people to to remember or, or think of, I want of Lanny's people move? to remember that I've tried to help other people, especially people of color, to move into positions that in the past may have been overlooked. I want to be able to say that um, yes, I have a record of over a hundred patents, but it's symbolic of the fact that people like me can do that, and many people do, and more people will. Um, I, I think I'm, um, how can I say I work on diverse projects. I've worked on things that are truly science and I publish papers and that sort of thing, but I've also worked on things that are practical. So I'd say I have a broad scale of, of interest. So those are the things, but I think if I change the world, it's going to be partially hollow tile floor, but partially just because I look like this and I've done this. Yeah, you um your journey from that curious kid in Brooklyn to mm-hmm. accelerated imagineer um and an inventor is is such a testament to your creativity and innovation and stick-to-itiveness and mm-hmm. that enduring passion for the thing that you've had since a kid which is is technology and entertainment. You have truly significantly and in a meaningful way enhanced our guest experience uh, in the parks. And and I think more importantly, you continue to inspire future generations of inventors and engineers and boys and girls, um, you know, everywhere. So uh, we are all very grateful for your work. Uh, Lenny, I'm incredibly grateful for your time. Congratulations on all of your achievements and accolades. They are are certainly well-deserved. And uh, I I sincerely, sincerely appreciate what you do um, for us in the parks and certainly for your time today. Thank you so much, Lou, um, for your kind words. What can I say? Thank you. Thank you. It's 
time for one of my favorite parts of the show and something that I've been doing going back to the very early days of WW Radio. And really, it's where I got started with writing my first Walt Disney World trivia book. It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week. And I love this because it's not just a way to share some fun information, but help enhance your enjoyment and experience at the parks and then pay it forward and make yourself look like a trivia whiz or a nerd, whatever it might be, when you bring your friends and family to the parks. And it's another way that I get to interact with you and you have a chance to win a Disney prize package. And speaking of you, this week's trivia contest is brought to you by you. And what I mean by that is by joining and becoming a member of the WW Radio Nation, you literally not only help bring every episode of the show to life with your support, but all the live broadcasts and the contests and giveaways, they're all thanks to, by, for, with, and about you. And you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and get exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests, take part in our monthly group video calls, get access to our private Facebook group, shirts, stickers, monthly care packages from the parks, early access and discounts to special events, and much more. I am so grateful for your support and your friendship and help, and I love being able to give back to you each and every month. And in turn, a portion of your contribution goes to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And thanks to you, we've raised more than $550,000 to help children with life-threatening illnesses and their families live out their wish and visit a Disney park. So I want to quickly thank some new and longtime members of the nation family, including Patrice Roberti, David Smith, Lauren C., Carrie Montgomery, and Jenna Powers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you want to find out how you can help the show, you can just visit www.radio.com slash support. Now, before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week was all about our superlatives from the 2024 Festival of the Arts, and I may or may not still be dreaming of the China Pavilion. And your question last week was simply to tell me what year did the Festival of the Arts first debut? First, thanks to all of you who entered, got this one correct, and know that the answer was January 2017, making it one of the newer festivals. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a WW Radio keychain, stickers, pin, and mystery prize, and last week's winner, randomly selected, is Natalie Fulton. So, Natalie, congratulations. I'll get your prize package out to you right away, and if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So a moment of silence, but not too long, because the Country Bear Jamboree closed this week, but don't worry, it's reopening with a newly updated show very soon. But in honor of the show, which is coming back, what is the name, or was, we'll see, what is or was the name of the raccoon that pops out of Henry's hat? What is the name of the raccoon that pops out of our host, Henry's hat? You have until Sunday, February 4th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. This week, you're going to play not just for the keychain, not just for the stickers and the pin, but yes, another bonus mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again, not just to Lanny Smoot for joining me this week, but more importantly to you for joining me this and every week. 
I hope that the show brought a little joy, a little bit of distraction, a little bit of Disney magic, and maybe even a little bit of inspiration from Lanny this week. And I'd love to know from you, of all the technological advancements in the Disney parks over the last number of years, or even some of the classic quote-unquote technological advancements, which one still amazes you the most and why? I'm going to post this question over in the clubhouse at www.radio.com clubhouse. I'd love for you to come be part of the community and conversation there. Talk not just about this week's show, but anything in the Disney, Marvel, or Star Wars universe. You can also connect with me elsewhere on social. would love to hear from you. I am at Lou Mangiello, primarily on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, a little bit of X, a little bit of threads. And please join me this and every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live. It's our live video broadcast and chat over on Facebook. I love and look forward to Wednesday night every single week because it's a chance for us to get together virtually, live, whether it's from the home studio or out in the parks, and more importantly, for you to be part of the show. If you can't make it, don't worry, but if you have a question, a comment, or something you want to share, you can email me, lou, at www.radio.com. If you have a question you want to answer on the show, or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1 with a question, comment, or just a hello from the parks. And of course, nothing beats a handshake and a hug, so check out our events page at www.radio.com and on our Facebook page to learn about upcoming events, meets of the month in Walt Disney World, and our not one, but two upcoming cruises, our Halloween on the High Seas cruise on the Disney Magic this October on our seven-night cruise on the Disney Treasure in February. You can also find out more about those and get a free no-obligation quote from our friends over at Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended travel provider over at www.radio.com slash cruises. And please go check out loumangelo.com. Whether you're looking for a keynote speaker for your event or conference or for your business, I can craft an inspiring and transformative keynote with lessons learned from the Disney parks or customer service and experience and leadership lessons from Walt Disney. Or if you are an individual looking to take that idea business or brand to the next level. You can learn more about my momentum events in Walt Disney World, one-on-one coaching, and the launch of my new mastermind group opportunity coming in March. I want to help you turn your passion into your profession and live the life you dream of. Again, visit loumangelo.com and reach out with any questions that you may have. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please leave a rating and review over on Spotify Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. And if you can, please help spread the word. Share the show on social and tag me at Lou Mangiello. And finally, and most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love and appreciate you. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep believing, and always choose the good. I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, this is Anna Collins. Um, I'm listening to your episode 524 on Toy Story Land. And I just love it and just wanted to say thank you so much for all of your hard work. Um, you make planning vacations so much fun. Anyway, I hope you're having a great day. Good morning. It's Lori Tucker from Lovin' in Ohio. And hi, everyone. I wanted to just say Festival of the Arts episode just has me longing to go back. Uh, one of the gems that I had seen in years previously, and I don't know if they have it now, are these little gargoyle statues in France. Um, so, anyway, if you haven't seen them and they're still there, go see them. They're kind of curious and fun and very weird. Um, and we're just good. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, Lou, it's Patrice Ramirez from Metro Boston. How does one thank you for the amazing depth of all these episodes going back almost 20 years, 19 years, that are just so wonderful, one better than the rest? 
I was listening to episode number 374. That was you and your family at Captain Cook's at the um, Polynesian, and it was so great. I played it for my husband. I'm like, listen to these people, the joy they take in eating this food, and just you're describing it off the menu board. We're looking at each other. We're like, oh, my God, he loves this. I mean, you love being there. You love the food. You love to snack. You love to have meals with your family. Your family was great. Your wife was amazing. Your kids were amazing. When your son ever wouldn't let you have a bite of his fish taco, it's so so funny, so real, so good, so nice, so so many things. Thank you very much. We totally loved it. I don't know if you're doing the history ones anymore, but I wish you would do that one because I looked up the um, Captain Cook's menu online, and it looks like they're still open, and it looks like they're still serving a lot of the same stuff, so it would be timely and so funny. Your whole family, they're all the same when it comes to describing food and eating food and, and, and eat, describing what they're eating. It was just Absolutely great. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.